Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up? Happy Monday. Victory Monday to everybody. Titans just whipped Kansas City. 27-3 on Sunday. So the Titans are now up to number six in scoring offense in the NFL. They're 11th in total offense, so just outside the top 10 in yards per game. They are, we said this over and over and over and over and over. There were two things we said about the defense last year. We, meaning Blaine Bishop, Kevin Dyson, myself doing Titans pre- and post-game and talking about it during the week. Boy, if these guys could get like three stops a game, they could win. There are very few teams they couldn't beat. Well, they got all of the stops yesterday. It was amazing. But the other thing we said was if they could get to like middle of the pack in scoring defense, because they were scoring 31 a game, they could get to the middle of the pack. Hey, man, they are officially in the middle of the pack. They are number 15 in scoring defense. Oh. They've reached, we have like music we can play or can balloons come out of the ceiling or something, <laughs> Lucas? 23.4 points per game is what they give up. They are scoring 27.6 right now. They actually hurt their scoring average yesterday. They only scored 27. Their average went down. Uh, they're 27.6 points per game. Thank you. Uh, 15th in scoring defense. The Tennessee Titans. Uh, we've talked about this a lot today as far as backups contributing. Greg Maben, <laughs> that dude like drove his car into town, took a COVID test, and started and played every play on defense yesterday. Greg Maben, which uh, somebody is Jay on Twitter said Maben is the guy that brought COVID to us. Yeah, that's right. Yes. He was the guy. Well, that was the rumor out there. I don't know if that was true. <laughs> Poor <or not>. Greg <laughs> Maben. I mean. I mean. <laughs> So Greg Maybe never even played a, a, a game or at all. Then they cut him, like, literally probably within a four-week span. Like he was sick, and then he got on the practice squad, and then he was just gone. Yeah. So Greg Maben, not the most pleasant stay here, but Sunday was super pleasant. Uh, maybe they don't trade for uh, – maybe, Blaine, they don't trade for a DB now? Maybe they don't trade? Uh, No. No, I think if they think they can get by against the Chiefs and then uh, – Bolton to be back. Yeah. I think they I think I would be okay too. That's why I said I wouldn't be pressed to get a, a big time corner. And maybe if you're only gonna give up a fifth, sixth round pick is what I said. That, that's what I would do uh, at the time. I wouldn't be in a rush to see how it all played out now. If they would have lost in the fashion that we beat the Chiefs, then that would have been a different story. But I say, all right, we're gonna give up I still would have been around the fifth, sixth round. I don't think you need an elite corner to, to play. You gotta have some real good ones. Have any if you got pass rush right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game is you know kind of evolving and change. You must kind of figure out how to evolve and change with the style of you know offenses and defense they're running now. So I think that's what I would do. That wouldn't back in my day. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Greg Maben, uh, every snap on defense. Dylan Radens played twenty two snaps. He played both guard spots yesterday. His really first significant action. And Bobby Hart, another guy uh, who was on a practice squad, he was on – I'd have to look through my notes from last week. He was on uh, – somebody will tell us. He was on a practice squad, was brought in, and literally was put on the roster and came in and played significant snaps yesterday. What would you say, 42 snaps? 42. Yeah. That he played for Kendall Lamb, who started. And then this dude who just arrived in town played the rest of the way at left tackle. That's crazy. I mean, I mean, didn't, didn't hold a – Oh, Patrick Mahomes, the 62.3% passer uh, rated is pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah. Let's see. Chiefs are not the Chiefs anymore like they were the last two years. Bobby Hart had been on the Bills practice squad and the Dolphins practice squad this oh, year. Oh, so the AFC East. And then here's that rascal just out there contributing to a, a big win 
yesterday, Brian Tannehill got sacked one time. He's been sacked one time in the last two weeks. What have they done on defense, Blaine, against the top-scoring offense in the NFL, Buffalo, and then the top-scoring offense per drive, Kansas City? Kansas City came in averaging like 3.34 points per drive, which was number one. Only two teams averaged more than three points per drive, Kansas City one of them. What have they done these last two weeks? Well, absolutely two different totally things. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you, you, I hadn't even thought about it. But their win over the Bills was a different style of win than in my mind. Uh, granted, they played some zone. Uh, but they did a, They wanted Allen to methodically move down the field. They took a little more risk against the Chiefs once they got a little confidence in what was going on, playing some man-to-man as we saw So uh, as time went on. So I would say that. But ultimately, I think the players are just executing the game plan and uh, – the front floor is, you know, four is playing out of this mind. They, they're playing to what they exactly thought is why they made changes. Uh, and they remember I kept saying that they said basically their moves are saying that the, it was the players and not actually the coaching. And that's coming to fruition right now that it, they were absolutely right. Uh, so that that's really it. I think they're kind of figuring out what is their niche, what are their go-to as play callers on both sides of the ball with the talent that they have now, but trying to stick with some of the philo- most of the philosophy 80, 85% of what they want to do, right. and then implementing new things with different style of players. I mean, I even see Landry sometimes dropping even in the middle of the field. I never saw him do that uh, very much the, the previous years. Uh, kind of use him as though like he was clowny last year. Mm-hmm. He was doing multiple things and, you know, sometimes lining up in the A-gap, sometimes rushing from the outside, sometimes detailing, and sometimes just dropping in, and sometimes covering guys out of the backfield. So uh, I think they're all kind of following their role uh, guys are starting to get healthy. So if they continue to get healthy, I think you'll continue to see everything look better because it takes time to get that kind of chemistry and implement them all and realize how you want to use them. I, I, people get really impatient, but mm-hmm. they did have a new they offensive coordinator coaches. and they did have a new defensive coordinator. And like you said, maybe they're settling into what their identity is and what they do. But this is new coordinator on both sides of the ball. It's, it's weeks. I mean, we just finished well, week seven. I, I, I want to. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to look at them as new coordinators because they were within the the organization, so they know how they like to run. They know how the the offense and the defense was implemented. Uh, so I want to say it was new coordinators. Maybe we we'll just say call them play callers because Shane Bowen new was play actually. So, yeah, yeah, he was actually. You know, the D.C. last year, supposedly. Wink, wink. Right. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I never thought that he was ever calling the plays, but I have no clue. You know, that's just my gut feeling. I, I felt like Vrabel was calling. I think he's trusting them to make the calls, and that's still not to say that he's implementing saying, hey, let's blitz here, let's do this here, or let's run the ball here, and, you know, making those decisions. Let's put in a trick play here. What can you come up with, you know, with the offense, with, you know, the special teams trick plays to, you know, Derrick Henry throwing the ball, you know. So I still think he got his hands on it all, but I think the coordinators all kind of find their niche and get comfortable where they need to be and what's expected of them as play callers. So, yeah. So I'll come together. We hope that continues. I'm a big proponent on having real good consistency instead of, you know, just big plays all the time and then next thing you know they disappear. Right. Like that's why I brought up a daily, you know, the pass rusher. Oh, well, where did he go? After the first game or two, he looked like he was going to be, oh, man, it's going to be a heavy control. Then he disappeared mm-hmm. for like five games, and all of a sudden then he reappeared. I want to see that guy every week being that kind of contributor. Why not? I didn't say come here and get a sack, but I'm talking about put pressure on the quarterback and understand your role and do it every day, every game consistently. No different I expect, as we've seen, David Long play like this every single game. 
His hair is I want to see everybody else playing that way. And if they do that, which they all pulled it together this last game, can they do it every end in the Bills game? If you can do this week in and week out, then you will be where you need to be, and that'll be raising that trophy. Because mm-hmm. they have the talent. So, I mean, when I look at – that's why I kept saying, I don't know if the Chiefs' talent is as good uh, as the Titans. I think the, the Titans just have a better talent. That's what it looked like. Look like Varsity playing JV versus the offensive and defensive line. For the Titans defensive line going against KC when they were pass rushing, man. And this this is the thing we kept hearing about was was the pass rush and the coverage. What's the, them agreeing with each other? Them meshing like the pass rush matching. Everybody knowing their responsibility. I'm trying to think of the word that they use where the pass rush matches what the secondary is doing. Mm-hmm. And I oh gosh. The Titans have talked about it. Bowen has mentioned it. Whatever the word is, can, I, I can't think now. But it's just, you know, everything coming together and working as one, really, as a unit. Working I mean, as he, one. He may gave it a term, but I've always said that. You're, you're As a secondary player, you're only as good as your pass rush. Yep. This league, especially now, this league is built on the, the passing game and putting up points. You can't even touch the guy. I, I don't know how many times I watched in the Titans' favor, by the way. I saw A.J. Brown push the DB right before the ball got there. And my memo, you know, my wife's like, hey, that's pass interference. I said, nope, they never call that. Yeah. I said, but if that DB would have pushed him, that oh, would have called pass interference. 100% flag comes out. Right. See, that shows you where the rules are going. So then you have to get a pass rush. So Tannehill can't throw a ball like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pitch and catch because he's doing it all over, all night. You know, he's doing it in his sleep. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's where the league is going. So, you know, ultimately uh, playing cornerback is or covering in this day and age is the toughest thing you can do. Uh, and easier to play offense uh, in, in skill position than, than defense. Complimentary is what Big Vol Daddy says. Complimentary. Oh, complimentary. Yeah, they were well, complimentary. Well, complimentary within the schemes yep. of the offense and defense. We were talking about that yesterday with, uh, within the offense. All right. Uh, we'll keep this discussion going on the other side. Teresa Walker said to join us next, the uh, Hall of Famer from the Associated Press to Talk Titans on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Let's talk to one of our favorites, Teresa Walker, who joins us now. Associated Press, legend, Hall of Famer, and more. Teresa, how in the world are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, You know, let's put it this way. In our line of work, when uh, the teams we cover do well, it makes our jobs easier because, you know, most of the time the the people, you know, like answering our questions. (laughs) That's very true. I said this yesterday in the pregame. I actually got Blaine to drop his microphone. He laughed so hard. <laughs> but I walk around my neighborhood every morning, and I see these squirrels. Well, it's nut-gathering season. So these squirrels are trying to get their nuts and get them all stored away. And I said the Titans offense needs to play like squirrels against the Chiefs. They got to get their nuts early and get them stored up in case they need them later in the game. Well, it turns out the winter never got cold. But my gosh, Teresa, five first-half possessions, five first-half scores. It's tough to do much better than that, right? It would have been nice if they could have maybe capped off, uh, you know, with another touchdown off of the fumble instead of getting a field goal. And, you know, I mean, if you want a nitpick, yes, they settle for two field goals. But considering the kicking woes of this team over the last couple seasons, the fact is Randy Bullock has kind of made that non-issue, and he went out there and made the field goals, including a 51-yarder so and all extra points. So, yeah, that was a, an interesting performance. I, you know, I, I said on a Kansas City radio station for pregame Sunday that, I, yes, I took the Titans to win this game. Can I say I pictured that in any fashion? No, I, I'll be honest. Uh, but but 
this is an offense. We saw them do this last year, right? They were, you know, second in yards uh, or tied for second in yards per game, and they were fourth in the NFL in scoring. And now we're seeing them starting to get into a rhythm. You know, these last three games in this winning streak, they are, you know, they're scoring about 32.6 points a game, which is what, you know, about where they were last year. So uh, they're, they're, they're rounding into form, it seems. And, you know, now the question will be, can they keep it up? Well, I did. I also did a Kansas City radio appearance, and they said, okay, before we go, what do you think happens? I said, I don't know, man. I Maybe Titans 31 to 28. And those guys kept me on another two minutes to question me. How in the world do you think that could happen? Imagine if I'd said, hey, y'all are going to score about three. Now just take that and move <laughs> on. Well, the funny thing is, uh, let's be honest. You know, they've seen five straight AFC West division championships. Yes. They've seen this team play for the uh, trip to the Super Bowl the last three seasons. They're the two-time defending AFC champs, won the Super Bowl in Miami in, you know, last, uh, well, last year I was there. Um, but the this isn't that team. And when a team starts to have issues, it can be tough to, to see them. I mean, their expectation is that, Patrick Mahomes will find a way to make plays, get the ball down the field. Tyree Kill will go score a couple touchdowns, uh, you know, or Travis Kelsey, and, you know, they're going to get it done. But, uh, you know, three points, you know, and, and, and they're kind of ignoring the fact that their defense is not that good. I mean, before this game, they were allowing 29.3 points a game. The Titans nearly matched that. So, you know, they've got some issues over there. That, uh, you know, Tyler Smith, I know Tennessee Vol fans are glad to see him starting in the NFL at right guard, but, you know, the guy beside him at center is also a rookie. So, you know, they've spent a lot of money on a lot of offensive weapons and, and some other pieces, but, you know, the offensive line is not what it was as well. So, uh, and, and as a result, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, he's tied with Trevor Lawrence for the most turnovers in the NFL this season, and the Chiefs already have more turnovers now than they had all of last season. So they've got issues. And, you know, the Titans, they've been working on their issues. And, you know, part of their problem is they just needed to kind of get healthy. And they got a few pieces back uh, this weekend that, you know, even as they had others miss this game. Well, we got one of the key pieces of Nashville media on with us now. That is the one and only Teresa Walker. Well, Teresa, you just uh, <laughs> said what I've been thinking and been saying uh, throughout the time we've been on the show. I was a little concerned that maybe the Chiefs aren't as good as advertised based off their history and not this season. Do you feel that way now uh, after watching them, uh, not taking away from the Titans, but the way they beat them, it just seems like they have a much more talented team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've got the pieces there. And, you know, call me a skeptic. I'm, I Look at their upcoming schedule. You know, they've got games with the Packers in Dallas. They've got two with the Raiders. They've got uh, another game with the Chargers who've already beaten them this year. They're one and four in the AFC. And at the bottom of the AFC West, uh, tied with the Broncos, it's really tough for me to look at that schedule. And the way they've played, uh, you know, they've you know, shoot, they've lost two of their last three. I, I don't see them making the playoffs at this point. They're going to have to – now, when they lost to the Titans in 2019, they went on a run that – got them to the AC championship game where they went on to win the Super Bowl. But that said, it just feels, it just feels off a little bit. You know, Patrick Mahomes, it felt like he was forcing some things yesterday. And, you know, I don't care how talented you are when you're doing that, you know, and, and guess what, you know, teams in the NFL are starting to see the best ways to defend that. 
And, you know, Andy Reid said after the game, he's going to have to be better uh, as a play caller and they're going to have to do some different things. You know, they're going to have to counterpunch. You know, NFL teams have kind of figured out maybe how to defend them. Not everybody can do that, but if they can do that, then it's going to be up to the Chiefs to, to find a way out of this. And, but right now, color me a little pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Well, with uh, Teresa Walker, Hall of Fame uh, pro football writer, I guess Teresa, man, of all the games Vrabel has coached uh, in his uh, short time here, I guess you want to call it that, uh, as a head coach, this may have been, in my mind, maybe the best game. Just kind of take us through and recall. Do you think this was the best showing in, in a Titans game as Vrabel as the head coach? Well, it's certainly up there, right? I mean, you know, they've, they've had wins in the regular season over the Patriots, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've had some, you know, shoot, the, the win against the Chiefs two years ago. But that was, you know, they had to win that blocking a kick and, and, and making some last-second plays. Even the game against the Bills a week ago, you know, they, they have a fourth down stop to help seal that win. But, you know, from start to finish, you know, they, they start the game off scoring 14 points in the first quarter, 27 nothing lead at halftime. And then they get, the, you know, the defense puts a final, you know, they, they literally knock Patrick Mahomes out of the game and then get a final turnover just when it looked like maybe the Chiefs would go score a, a garbage time touchdown. And even that they stopped. So, uh, and, and then, as I mentioned, no issues with kickers. I mean, they've had some good games over these last two, three years, but, you know, how many issues, maybe there's an extra point that's missed and, or field goal that's missed. That you know they you know when Kevin Byard says that he thinks it's the most complete game that they've played since he's been a Titan, it's tough to disagree with that right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think this Tennessee Titan team, through I guess seven games, uh, let's compare them to last season through seven games, which team do you think is better? Can you recall? Oh, well, I'm going to say this team, Blaine. I mean, you know, the defense is. Far in a way right. better. I mean, they're, you know, a year ago they were they were last in sacks in the NFL through uh, 15 games, right? They went to Houston last in the NFL sacking the quarterback, and only you know the Houston Texans, you know, getting four there helped bump them up ahead of Jacksonville and Cincinnati. Right now, as of today, they've got 17 sacks. Harold Landry is second in the NFL with seven and a half sacks. He's one and a half off his career high. And, uh, oh, yeah, they're 10th in the NFL in sacking the quarterback. You know, an area that was, you know, they were worst on third down defense a year ago. And, you know, now they're they're 15th or so in the NFL. So, yeah, this, you know, we knew what the offense could be, especially once they added Julio Jones. But to, to make the improvements on defense with all the changes in the offseason, shoot, with all the changes during the season with injuries being what they have been, it's impressive to see that, uh, you know, this defense seems to be starting to find themselves even as they've had so many injuries in the secondary. And, you know, the return of uh, Bud Dupree, he got his first sack yesterday. He seems to finally be getting a little bit better with each week away from his ACL injury. And Danico Autry, I mean, you know, talk about a great find in free agency. And, you know, it, it's fun to watch this defense. You know, when you make changes, there's no guarantee that it's going to get better. Right now this defense is, is better, and they are looking wolves better than they were a year ago. Well, with Teresa Walker, Hall of Fame pro football writer. You know, it's interesting, Teresa, because the angle for us, just watching them clear out most of those guys on the defense and bring in new guys, and then finally elevate and, and let Shane Bowen be what they were saying that he was. Now he has no other responsibilities. But our our takeaway from all that was they're saying it's not us, it's the players. If we get the right players, this thing will work. 
Well, that's, I mean, this thing kind of seems to be trending that way, doesn't it? It sure does, Mickey. And yes, remember, I mean, even earlier this season in September, uh, there were still fans calling for Shane Bowen to be ousted, you know, and it's like some, it really, it's the NFL, you know, it's the Jimmy and the Joes. And you have to have good players to, to compete because, you know, that's the goal in the NFL is trying to get the best players and get as many as you can possibly pay under the salary cap. And that's what makes the draft so important and, and, and you know, to get the cheaper players. But it is about having the right players. You know, Jadavian Clowney, he seems to be having a nice enough season in Cleveland this year. But, you know, he didn't give them anything last year. Neither did Vic Beasley. Right. This time around, you've already got – you know, shoot, in yesterday's game alone, Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, your two free agent signings, they had three sacks combined yesterday. So, you know, those are – it really is different players. It's interesting. I, I always try to think of the MVP race as sort of like the NFL Heisman race. And, I'm, you know, I'm always trying to figure out in the case of Derrick Henry, what in the world could he actually do? So if somebody's just scanning the box score yesterday, an MVP voter, and they go, ah, the Chiefs got him. He only had 86 yards. Well, because they focus so much attention on him, everybody could do stuff around him. He gave everybody else opportunities. And even on, say, the King Cat play, Teresa, literally every other person on the field he could have thrown to was open because 11 guys were coming to tackle him. But he throws a touchdown. He had two really nice catches on screen plays. This dude is just special, and he proves it week after week. Well, exactly. In, in 2019, as good as this year was then leading the NFL, the knock on him was, well, he doesn't catch passes. You know, he's, he's not a third down back. And while, you know, he, no one's going to mistake him for Christian McCaffrey at his best. I mean, you know, Jeremy McNichol is the guy that they've turned to very effectively on third downs, you know, with screen plays. But he has shown that, you know, he, I mean, we've seen him. If you've been out of practice or training camp the last couple of years, every time there, he's not involved in a drill, he's off catching balls. He's made himself a better receiver as a running back. And, you know, when he gets the ball now, you, you're not, you know, you can, he, you can throw to him. And that makes him more effective as a running back. But yesterday, you know, the, the Chiefs were, you know, it's like the one guy we absolutely have to stop is Derrick Henry. And that allowed an awful lot of, you know, opportunities in the passing game. And, you know, the, Ryan Tannehill completing his first 11 passes took advantage of that. The best play, probably the 46-yarder to A.J. Brown. Well, he's like a robot, a sophisticated robot who's now teaching himself more skills to dominate mankind. It's crazy to watch that. Teresa Walker, our, our guest right here on Blade and Mickey. Well, I, you know, I don't want to move on too quickly, but I have to, you know, I'm thinking about the Colts, and I know a lot of people saying the AFC South is sewn up. I guess when you hear something like that, what is the first thing you think of? Because as a former player, I never think anything is sewn up until it's over. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, Blaine, anyone who's watched the, no offense, the series with the Colts over, you know, since the AFC South was founded in 2002, uh, would know better. I mean, you know, let's face it, we've seen, forget that Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck have had, you know, just dominated this franchise over the years. You know, quarterbacks who, you know, you'd have to stop and think, wait, he was in the league? have wins over the Titans <laughs> in this series. So, you know, no, you can't take anything for granted. Now, you know, the Titans have won up there the last couple of years. That's a good thing. But, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is this is, you know, these are the two teams that, you know, both of these teams went to the playoffs last year. And the best way for the Colts to, to get right 
and make this suddenly one game back in the division is to win on Sunday. So that's going to be the message from Frank Reich all week is like, you go beat these guys. We're in this and our, our hopes of winning the AFC South guy. Remember uh, in, in August, everybody was picking the Colts, you know, it's like, Oh, they've got Carson Wentz. They've got that defense. This is the team that's going to win the AFC South this year. Yeah. Everybody's always looking for the new flavor of the month. Well, the Colts were that. And a win on Sunday gives them that chance, gives them that opportunity. And this is a chance for the Titans to show that, uh, you know, you know what, we, we are here to defend our title. We are going to try to win it again and, you know, put some distance between them and the Colts. No doubt about it. I'm looking at the schedules and I'm seeing the Colts is a little bit tougher, uh, the Titans schedule, just based off of teams' performances uh, thus far. But, uh, you know, do you think this game – against the Colts is going to have somewhat from the Colts point of view, a playoff favor flavor in that they have to win this game because this helps them gain two games. Uh, as you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. Oh, absolutely. Blaine. And they're coming off the the win and that, you know, forget downpour. I mean, you know, this is, this was just like the, you know, somebody was pouring water over, you know, from a bucket over the field, the entire game last night. So they've got to be feeling real good. And, you know, the guy who's behind Derrick Henry in rushing this year in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, you know, again, this is an opportunity for the Colts. And, you know, they this is a very, very big game for them. So if the Titans had any thought of, you know, we coasting a little bit, oh, we just beat the Bills, we just beat the Chiefs, we're all that, uh, the, the Colts are going to be more than happy to, you know, yank them back down to earth and make this a divisional, you know, it's been a rivalry for a long time. Uh, and But this is a time where the Colts come in needing to win, and every time that they've needed a win, uh, they usually find a way to pull something out and make the Titans' lives miserable. Well, with the Hall of Famer, Teresa Walker, pro football writer. T, it's interesting because, you know, we always talk about Derrick Henry after games. We're talking about these, you know, highly paid pass rushers and everything else. And two of the heroes yesterday were Greg Nabin, who had been here and then was gone and was on a practice squad, and and Bobby Hart, who literally probably doesn't know everybody's name on the team yet. Maven played every snap on defense, and Bobby Hart played like 42 snaps on on offense. Heck, even Dylan Radins played 22 snaps at two guard spots. There were a bunch of unsung heroes, too. Oh, completely. And, you know, uh, Dylan Radins, you know, he got 22 snaps yesterday. I mean, you know, we've all been wondering, you know, there's been opportunities. I mean, Bobby Hart was the third left tackle, you know, to play yesterday. Yeah. Well, um, third behind Taylor Lewan, Kendall Lamb, and then him. Uh, with Taylor Lewan out, they needed somebody. You would have hoped that maybe Raidens would be up to that. Um, but he did play at both guard spots yesterday. So it's going to be very, uh, you know, interesting to see how much more he can come up to speed. But, uh, you know, that whole mentality of next guy up, next man up, it's only, you know, we've seen that in years. I'm, I'm remembering under Ken Wisenhunt, they went through seven left tackles one year oh, because of injuries. And sometimes that next man up is not good and can't do the job. And this year the Titans are finding guys to come in and do that and be that guy. So um, that's the impressive part. I mean, think about it. To get somebody up to speed, you know, so that they can get into the game, what, five days? You know, Bobby Hart was signed on Wednesday. And he plays 42 snaps on Sunday. <laughs> That's, That's just, you know, that, you know, give credit to the offensive line room, to, you know, Keith Carter, you know, for getting these guys in and, and, and the secondary room, for getting guys like, uh, you know, Greg Maven up to speed so that they can contribute. But, 
in the end, it's the guy who has to go out there and make plays. Teresa, you always make plays. We love having you on. Thank you for the time today. I'm really, honestly, just a, a cheap promo here for your social media accounts. I'm excited that it's NBA season again because when you go to Memphis, I just like the pictures of the food that you eat. <laughs> well, I, I will be bringing some more of those. And uh, right now, guys, John Morant is second in the NBA in scoring through three games for the Grizzlies. So uh, he is. Uh, mm. they've been predicting in Memphis that he will be an all-star this year. Right now he's putting together an all-NBA team performance to start this season. So it is fun to watch. If you like, if you like basketball, uh, you know, I don't care if you didn't go to Murray State, you might want to check out the Grizzlies. Teresa, thank you. Uh, at Teresa M. Walker, that's where people can follow you, and they need to do that Jeez. if they don't. Always great talking to you. Thanks, Miss T. Thank, thank you, Blaine and Mickey. Yes, ma'am. The Hall of Famer, Teresa Walker. When we come back, Lucas, do we have this audio from the crazy LSU postgame show? Okay, you're going to hear this. You might as well hear it first. Things are going bad at LSU, really bad. We have some proof of that next. We'll be right back. Ding. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So, uh, Tennessee goes down to Bama, keeps it a one-touchdown game into the fourth quarter. The wheels kind of came off from there. Bama kind of leaned on them a little bit in the fourth quarter. Exciting game, fun game. Uh, certainly a lot of fun until the fourth quarter. Now, if you're a Bama fan, it was fun the whole way through. Maybe a little nervous. If you're a Vol fan, it's funny. It's a lot of Bama you, fans you mentioned this in your Ding Dong of the Week segment. There's a... I've talked to more Vols fans today. I, I went, uh, I had to run a couple errands, and one of the guys was like, hey, man, what would you think about the Vols on Saturday night? I said, they sure made it interesting for like three quarters and change, mm-hmm. even in the fourth quarter. And the guy said, I'm so proud of them. You know, I feel so encouraged. There's a lot of people who are encouraged. And oftentimes <laughs> after a 28-point loss, people wouldn't be that encouraged. People are genuinely encouraged about this team, about Josh well, uh, Yeah, uh, To that point, though, they should be encouraged uh, – because it looked like that they had a shot. Sure I mean, did. you know, a couple big plays, one down the middle of the field uh, there in cover two, and they had Beasley matched up against their speedy receiver, the transfer from Ohio State Williams. And then they threw the interception that led to another touchdown. Boom, boom, boom. It's yeah, over. Man. That was it. And then next, you know, it was off. So the game was a lot closer uh, than the score indicated. But uh, you know, I'm not into moral victories or anything like that. But you can see where the program is going, and they're on the right track. They got to get some depth. Uh, got you know, Alabama was rotating guys in and out. You know, UT had guys already banged up, and then they really didn't have a big-time rotation at the slot they did. Other than that, I think they just ran out of gas. They continue to recruit, get some players and develop them. I think they'll be right there. We're probably, you know, a couple years down the road. So, yeah, I think the team is probably exactly where I thought they would be at this point. Uh, just wish they could have kept it a little close. I mean, man, they just, wow, that fourth quarter was just like, ooh, it was over. It hit hard too. It was fast, uh, but you, know, you should be encouraged though. But and then they had no running game. They could not run the ball. No, and we all know. Remember, I said this. This team is supposed to be a fifty-fifty. Everybody thought it was all passing. It was fifty-fifty. They had no impact in the running game. They couldn't block them. Those stud D linemen that they have there at Bama was they were pretty much that stuff. They weren't going to let them run. Put it that way. Uh, so that made it a one-sided game, and they still were in it a couple. Uh, you know, maybe the fourth and one call I might have went for it. Mm-hmm. he took the penalty and, and moved back. Right. Might have went for that one. What do you got to lose? I mean, you know, at this point in time. Uh, they need to get some calls their way. They didn't go that way. I thought they, they bought some calls. But, you know, they always say, you know, Bama got the referees in their pocket. 
<laughs> That's what I hear. I have no idea, but I just felt like, you know, when things aren't going good, then Bama got the call, you know, at home. It seems like it's always been that way. And Bama's mm-hmm. a great team. I'm not taking anything away it from it. look great, by the way. Uh, you know, I think it was a miscommunication on the interception, but he looked pretty good. Well, and uh, I like him. Bama's QB used his legs and ran on him. Uh, now he used his arm, too, because that's what they do. But you watched that Mac around. That's why he was running more than ran, I ever saw. He ran. They had him out of rhythm. Yeah. They oh, did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I think, oh, Bill o- O'Brien, the guy O'Brien must be calling those plays. <laughs> that's kind of how it looked, man. And, oh, Nick Saban lost his gasket on a couple of calls. <laughs> he did. On, on those delay of game calls, which was he was on point because they, it was like after timeouts or after commercial break, and then they would get delay a game. You know, <laughs> he was like, what, what are we yeah, doing here? Right, punch the clock up, man. What's going on? And he was, oh, my gosh, he was rare for. Meanwhile, uh, things in other SEC cities maybe not going so well. LSU dropped to 4-4. Four and four. They just got destroyed by Ole Miss, 31-17. to And after the game, just like Blaine and Kevin Dyson and I do a post-game show, apparently there's one at LSU. And this is just a little snippet of, of how bad things got. They are coming unraveled down there. You said they're not as good a shape. Why is that? Because they, don't get the strength and conditioning coach is doing a lousy job. All right. Yes. Jesus yes. H. Christ, Good man. Two bits, four bits. Five a whole damn dollars. bunch of them. You got oh, four things left to go. Jesus I love you. Man. Love you, Hetty. Yeah. Bound and term to give me damn a damn right. heart attack. Why don't you just get a, a group of student assistants damn to go right, coach Charlie. the next four games? Because then, then it'll you. be better. You want Nate there. Nate. Bill, I love you. <laughs> Henny, he can't come from Lafayette Speaking to Speaking of English, I'm not pushing Napier. Napier. <laughs> what the, what the heck was that? Henny, your problem is you don't listen. Your problem is you don't listen. No, you're worried you, you, you say 12 I'm times the show. Charlie, I got to ask you a question. You ear. don't answer. You don't listen to my answer. I'm going to put your drawers you in the crack of your ass. Listen. <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> You said you'd be okay with it. Yes. Okay. We're at each other's throats. That was on live on air? Yes. Oh, on air. And that was the initial tweet that Mickey had sent me was deleted, and then that was put back. I think that's the producer, the guy who tweeted that out. The, in, the initial tweet had a snippet in the middle there of a caller, like, MFing the hosts for something. <laughs> it was so funny. It, it went out so over the air. Funny. They had to bleep it. Yeah. In the clip, it, it got out. In the out. clip, it was bleeped, but it yes. was on the air. It had gone out over the air. So this is, what what station? Is this for LSU? I mean, our friends at 104.5 ESPN in Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> 104.5 ESPN. Not uh, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah. Oh, my. That was hilarious. Man, you, here's what I always say. When people are like, that coach will never get another. People will do anything to win. They are so intoxicated by winning. And here's two dudes who have no skin in the game. It's just two radio oh, guys. Oh, they, they do. They, in their, their minds. minds. Yeah, they do. This is their whole world. Yeah. In, in, in these small towns, people get so intoxicated by winning. And they're fighting over Billy Napier, who's the coach at what I refer to as Ooh La La, the University of Louisiana Lafayette, big rival for Arkansas State. That's the job that he supposedly has always wanted. What? He's turned down all kinds yes. of jobs. Yes. And these are two dudes yelling, he can't go from ULL to LSU. Both of them was on the same side. I couldn't even hardly hear. They both were saying that they shouldn't hire him. No, one guy was accusing the other guy of wanting to hire him and telling him it wasn't possible. Oh. These dudes. Man. That, that, that is what Lucas has to look forward to. <laughs>
<laughs> Someday. I think we need us on the radio. I, I'd love to have you Shiano uh, saga. Put me in there and so I can mess up everything and put you out here and let you and Buck just go at it. <laughs> it would be good radio if we got on the air. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we'll end with that. I'm sure you'll hear that some more on the air. 3HL, those guys and gals ready to have a great time. They'll get you all the way home today. But for now, it's time for us to say goodbye on this Victory yeah, Monday. And it's a Victory Monday and a happy Monday because why? The Titans won, so tighten up. And peace! peace.